Good morning, everybody. My name is Jay Harrigan. Welcome to a special episode of a minister, a priest, and a rabbi walked into a radio station. I am joined here today uh, with Pandora Carlucci, who is always my co-host on this. How are you, Pandora? I'm doing fine, Jay. A little sleepy, but doing fine. (laughs) That's what we were just saying. Some of us were up until just a few hours ago. Uh, Our regular guests that are always here, uh, Reverend Eric Cherry, Rabbi Tom Albert, and Reverend Kathy McAdams. How are you three doing? Doing well. Good. I could use a nap. It's only 11 o'clock. I could use a nap. (laughs) Uh, I'm not afraid to let it out. I'm going to be napping uh, fairly soon. Uh, We're very lucky to have with us today also to talk about the election. Steve Sherlock, Mr. Franklin Matters, is with us. How are you this morning, Steve? Awake and ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Because Franklin does matter, and this is great company to be with. We were talking before we came on air. Uh, Steve had some statistics for us in terms of voter the number of people that came out to vote, uh, total votes. The number, Steve, is just not people that showed up yesterday, are they including uh, all the early voting? Yes, the uh, even the unofficial results that are shared and of which I had the totals here, uh, those per the town clerk that she shared yesterday, that included the early vote. And if you saw the PDF detailed document, there's effectively two columns for each precinct. One, the day of voting. So those who walked into the facility on November 3rd, And then those who either early voted by going into the high school or mail ballot or absentee ballot. So that was under the column called EV. And then each total by precinct, by race, et cetera, et cetera. So through the unofficial total yesterday was 19,797, which as a grand total is a good number. But then when I look at the percent of turnout, and while we've also recorded and for people remembering clearly the population has been growing over the years, the number of registered voters has been growing over the years. So I've always tended to look at the percent and the percent while it's high, it's 80% or we're less than 86 in 2016, uh, less than the 84 and 83 from the prior presidential comparative elections. So it's good. These are all still unofficial totals, so it may change. But I don't know if it's going to change that significant. It doesn't usually. So that's right. where we start. I think it's interesting for those people that went to the high school yesterday and voted. Uh, they did a great job. They had everything spread out. Uh, you were very comfortable. There was the social distancing that a lot of people were worried about. So uh, kudos to uh the, the town for, for really doing a great job yesterday. Uh, Pandora, I'm sorry. I, uh, I should have started with you, but as I said, I'm a little tired. Uh, I, Pandora, how are you doing today? What were your impressions? What have you found? Well, I, I am doing fine. And uh, I was one of the people who uh, elected to vote by mail and uh, I returned my ballot in person, and actually I handed it to one of the people at the drive-up window in the municipal building, which I thought was a very nice way to do it. I thought the town had so many 
ways to make it easy. We could have used the post office. We could have used that large white mailbox. But I drove up. The individual was right there. You know, we said hello. I got my I voted sticker. And uh, they really made it a nice experience. So I thank the town to make it so welcoming and easy for all of us to find a pathway to exercise our vote. That That's awesome. That was one thing they had. I went around 630 and they had plenty of the I voted stickers. Uh, the last election, they ran out of them early. So that was great. Well, let's get to our main guests here. Uh, it's really their show. Uh, Pandora and I are just along for a ride. Uh, we'll start by saying hello. Tell us a little bit about yourselves when we, uh, because we may have some new listeners today. And we'll start with, of course, the legendary Reverend Kathy McAdams. I don't know how legendary, but hi. <laughs> it's good to be with you guys today. I'm Kathy McAdams. I'm the priest at St. John's Episcopal Church. And um, this is this is new for me to do a live radio show. Um, and uh, my spouse asked me what I was going to say. And I said, well, I'm going to leave that up to the Holy Spirit. So um, I, I can say I'm really happy to see that the Community Preservation Act passed in Franklin. I'm really thrilled about that. I think it's going to be great for our community. So um, it seems to be one of the few election results that, <laughs> that uh, we can pretty much confirm at this point. So good, good to be here. That's great. That's great. Uh, next, let's go to Rabbi Tom. How are you today? Shalom. That's Jewish for hi. Uh, I'm Tom Albert. I'm the rabbi at uh, Temple at Chaim here in Franklin. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's amazing how well you can do on very little sleep if you put your mind to it. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm well. I, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was a, a a night that wasn't quite expecting to play out the way it did, but it was, it was interesting. And uh, uh, I'm, you know, always inspired when I see people voting and spending huge amounts of time to do so and feeling, you know, sort of guilty at my privilege of being able to just uh, fill in that the ballot and drop it in that white box that Pandora was talking about. It seemed, you know, so simple. And so I, I really am uh, uh, so in awe of those who uh, recognize how vital their franchise is and the people who fought and died for this and that they made it a point to go and vote. Yeah, I think that it, you saw a lot of them uh, at the high school. We saw them on all the uh, press coverage and everything. Some of the turnouts in some of the states are, are just it's unbelievable. Uh, it just it also shows you how important uh, people felt this election uh, was and still is, as they're still counting ballots. Uh, Reverend Eric, how about yourself? Why don't you introduce yourself to the, the rest of the gang here? Thanks, Jay. Great to be with everybody this morning. Uh, I'm Reverend Eric Cherry. I serve as the minister at First Universalist Church in Franklin. And um, yeah, I think uh, where my mind is, is, is what didn't happen. Um, there were so many concerns that were being raised for weeks and even months about, you know, the, the approaching disaster of an election during uh, the pandemic and um, potentially violence and intimidation at polls. And at least so far, and I hope this remains the case, that seems to have been a non-story. Uh, instead, what we've learned, I think, 
is that there are um, effective, uh, reliable uh, ways of voting during challenging times with integrity. Uh, I think we're learning right now that um, counting is a matter of integrity. Uh, and, um, and so I'm holding on to that and, uh, and, and um, really, uh, um, really feeling proud of, uh, of, uh, of Franklin and surrounding communities for going through this so very, very well. Yeah, I, I again, you did not see many reports of tremendous issues. You had some protests around, but nothing that that seemed to get out of hand. For those of you who haven't heard our show before, uh, we take uh, kind of current events, whether it's local in Franklin or national, and look at them through the lens of our faith leaders in the community, just to get a, an idea and, and most importantly, a different approach uh, that people may be able to take or people uh, give them a chance to think about things differently. We do it, believe it or not, in a civil manner. Uh, we haven't, well, I've probably been yelled at a time or two, but that's just par for the course. We do it without yelling at each other. Uh, and we try to make it a welcoming atmosphere for everybody. So that being said, Pandora, what, I know we had had some questions and stuff that uh, the the clergy had kind of put together uh, for us to kind of get things going. Why don't you uh, start out? Okay, I will. And, and I'll just add to your explanation that we do record via Zoom. So all of us are in a separate individual location around the town of Franklin, but yet we can support one another and have this conversation online and share it with you. And that's really a privilege. The lens we're using today is the is faith, and we're looking at the election and where we are so far. And I think that uh, Reverend Eric uh, alluded to it when he mentioned the integrity of counting, we are still in the counting stage. And so I'm wondering, uh, Reverend Eric, if you would like to continue from that and kind of share your perspective on uh, the results of the election so far and kind of where we are as a community in this unknown stage of counting. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a challenging uh, space for all of us to be in, um, and I, you know I guess what I, what I would most want to say is that for me elections like the one that we're going through right now are mostly about um, harm reduction for the most marginalized people in our community. From my perspective, I'm, I'm that's what my faith calls us to be lifting up uh, is um, is how uh, our um, body politic supports the most marginalized, and that's what our religious communities, I believe, need to be focused on as well. I, I don't put a whole lot of hope in elections right now for actually being able to govern, uh, to do the hard work that really needs to happen uh, for the long-term um, progress of, um, of our society. Instead, for me, this election was about um, hoping to reduce the amount of harm for the most marginalized people in our communities. And um, I, think, um, I think there might be some positive news there. Um, so uh, tentatively uh, hopeful and um, we'll see you know, what, what, uh, what the rest of the day and the week holds. 
I, I, I think that there is a lot going on and it is, it is not, um, it's, it's unknown at this time and we, we will see what the week holds. And uh, you gave us a nice um, differentiation between an election and, and life as to how we see the results of the election govern our life. And, and I'm wondering, um, uh, Rabbi Tom, if you would like to continue and, uh, on our first question of how we're going about it today. So, you know, I, I think I'm a little more positive about the value of elections than, uh, than uh, my good friend, Reverend Eric. Uh, you can tell we're both politicians if I say my good friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, that um, I, I think there has got to be an interplay between um, our actions outside of the political sphere and our actions in it. Our actions in the electoral part of the political sphere and our actions in the non-electoral part of the political sphere. You know, demonstrations, petitions, all those sorts of things. They all kind of mesh together. And it is a long process. That is to say, it isn't just about... Today is a kind of exemplar of what uh, the process is. That is, it takes a really long time and progress is slow and there are setbacks and there are steps forward and we need to be in it for the long haul. And if, uh, if this didn't remind us of that, I don't know what does. So don't have some fantasy about, oh, great, we win, everything's happy. It doesn't work that way. It's no matter if it had been a landslide in either direction, we should not get too high or too low. The next day, the sun will rise and we have a job to do. Very interesting and thoughtful and much to think about. And uh, you're right. I think we've all gone through some very um, uh, difficult elections, either nationally or in our own towns over the decades. And you're right. The next morning, the sun rises, life goes on, there are changes, but for the most part, we still keep moving forward. We have, we have to be aware, uh, you know, as Reverend Eric has talked about, uh, that he was looking at uh, protecting harm to the most marginalized in our community. But we'd also, life keeps moving moving forward. Um, uh, Reverend Kathy, would you like to jump on into this conversation? I agree with my right honorable friend. No, God is bigger than all of this. I just have to keep holding on to that, that um, it does not begin and end with our elections, our politics. God is still with us. God is still in charge. And uh, we need to keep listening to that guidance and, and following where it leads us. Uh, we still work for justice. We still, um, you know, work on behalf of the marginalized. And if our, if our government is uh, cooperative with that, it makes it easier, but, but it doesn't change the, the work that we're doing. So, um, yes, the sun still rises and God is still with us. 
I like that. Uh, I, I think all of you have shown for our listening audience today, this is how, when we have these discussions, you use the lens of faith and illuminate a pathway that's true to faith, but yet we're walking in the world as we know it today. And also, because we are using the lens of, of faith, we have decided that after each question, we're going to intersperse a prayer reflection. And our reflection, the first one this morning, is into is a responsive prayer with regard to what it is that we know at this time. And it's going to be led by Rabbi Tom. So when we were doing this, I pointed out that uh, in our Jewish tradition, we're not so big on, you know, a, a prayer that says something. We're big on texts that say something. So I'm going to do a Jewish version of this, which is to look at a text. And the text I'm picking um, comes from a um, uh, uh, rabbinic collection uh, of stories called, called uh, Midrash. Uh, and in this particular one, the story is told of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva lived about 1900 years ago and was one of the greatest and most um, incisive sages, very thoughtful, very, uh, uh, you know, a smart guy. Well, the story is that Kiva, until he was the age of 40, had not studied a thing. And 40 is, was late in that time, and, you know, your career tended to be set. But he hadn't studied. And he thought, and one day he was in his hometown, and he noticed uh, a rock, and that it had gotten hollowed. And he said, who, you know, how did this rock get hollowed? And he remembered a line from uh, the Bible that says uh, uh, that uh, water wears away stone. And he said, ah, that's what happened. The water wore it away. And then he said, look, if the water can wear away this solid stone, then maybe it can do something with my stony head. And he went with his son, and they went to the kindergarten, basically. And he started learning the alphabet. The teacher taught him, you know, the first letter and the second letter and so on. And he learned it and learned it. And then he eventually learned texts and commentaries and so on. And so what that has to do with this is, I was thinking, if I had been Akiva, I can't imagine I would have kept doing that. And yet he had the patience to put himself out there day after day after day. And I think of us, and we're all so, we also desperately wanted an answer. We want to know right now, what's going to happen now? This is over. Let's make this be over. And it is, the election is about patience after the election is about patience. But let me just focus on the election for a minute. It's about patience. Calm yourself. Know that you have work to do and have the courage of Akiva to be patient and stay at it. I'm being very patient right now. Normally I would have jumped right in, but uh, Rabbi Tom, thank you so much for that. that that's just uh, tremendous knowledge to be able to use and to be able to think about as as we go forward and and as we do go forward what do you folks uh see from 
the faith community from your responsibilities as to what we need to do as as citizens, uh, what we need to do from a faith perspective, uh, because we know no matter what happens today, that this is not going to be over. It, it is, there will be legal challenges, everything. How, how do you folks suggest we look at things and deal with things going forward? Uh, why don't we start with uh, Reverend Eric? Well, I'm, I'm just still feeling the uh, the power of Tom's reflection. And I just want to thank you for that, Rabbi, and uh, trying to uh, live into being Akiva-esque this week is uh, really just fantastic faith advice. Um, I, I want to agree with, um, with Rabbi Tom that um, I, I want um, the people in my congregation and in the religious community around Franklin uh, to exercise um, some hope uh, and some patience um, and also to be, to be ready to respond um, if, um, uh, if um, interference uh, begins to take place. Now, uh, there, uh, there will be, for example, this uh, later today, a, um, a gathering to protect the results uh, in Franklin. I will be there, and uh, I look forward to seeing many people there. For me, this is about integrity from a place of peace and understanding, and um, I hope that many people will um, will will do the same. Um, keep keeping in mind that protecting the integrity of the election is um, is a uh, is a, really a matter of faith. Um, and um, beyond that, you know, I I want to ask um, my folks and all folks to to know a couple of things. First of all, to know where um, our uh, values are, what we stand for, um, and then to take a harder step, uh, which is um, what I think has been lacking uh, in, in recent decades, is to is to use use an, an ethic to decide where compromise is possible, um, and that decision can never come from a place of privilege but it still can be found. Um, and so that, that's really a two-step process that uh, I wanna put out for us starting right now. Um, even before results are announced, let's get clear about um, where we, what foundations we firmly stand on. And then again, using an ethic not based in privilege to get a sense of where um, compromise is possible um, and uh, move from there. Reverend Kathy. Thank you. I want to make sure that we value the vote of each and every person, that we make sure that we allow time for all of those votes to be counted um, before, uh, before anyone calls an election. Um, and I think that there is a, a value of faith in that and that each person is valued and therefore their vote is valued. I also want to make sure that as we are, um, as we are working to protect our vote, as Eric said, um, that we can do it in a peaceful manner, um, that we can, uh, demonstrate and exercise our First Amendment rights um, and that 
we continue as we're doing that to continue to uh, respect each other as human beings. Uh, however, we might differ on on our um, our positions, and I hope that whomever ends up holding the most power in our society can reach out to those who are powerless and uh, as Eric said, find, find compromise and find ways to bring everyone to the table and everyone into the conversation um, so that those voices are valued. Awesome. Awesome. Rabbi Tom. Um, well, as uh, we say in the clergy biz, amen. As to both events, I agree. <laughs> um, the 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 Hebrew term for excuse me, <clears throat> Hebrew term for to uh, count someone like in the census is seu et rosh, which means to lift up their head. Okay, and the rabbis said what that meant was that you lifted up their head so you looked in their eyes. And that's what vote counting has got to be about. We have to count numbers. We also have to count each person's unique contribution, as, as, as Kathy and as Eric were saying in their own ways. We have to count each person's uh, unique contribution. And then we have to learn that um, as, we, as we lift up various people, going to find things that we don't always agree with that people, the positions people hold. But, um, you know, the Bible also says uh, what's required of you to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So having the humility that says there are, things, there are principles we have that we believe in and very strongly, and yet maybe there are ways to find some kind of common ground. It has been so lacking uh, for the last few years. Um, and it is my fervent hope that the new leaders of our country will, uh, will uh, try to find ways to um, be the leaders of all the people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is huge, that it, it's just not whether, I don't know what terms you want to use, uh, it, it, their side or their party, whatever, they've got to come out uh, and and deal with everybody. Uh, there's so much divisiveness uh, going on now. Uh, Eric, uh, do you want to follow that up? Well, I just, I want to thank Rabbi Tom for pointing to that. I, I think it's, it's really important and it's the work of religion. This is well within the center of the work of religious communities. You know, our, our politics have taken on a, a strategy of vanquish the opposition, right? That victory is a, is a zero sum game. And uh, one of the reasons why we've gotten there is because it's occasionally been effective. And when it mm -hmm. is effective, it feels really, really good when you're on the winning side. But it's no way to design a progressive future, a, a future that, um, that everyone can, uh, can feel a part of. Um, and religious communities can lead the way on helping people to see each other, to find each other, to, 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 to remember how to love each other in the broadest sense of that word, in the, the real sense of that word. 
um, and um, to find a way to bring that into our politics. That's religious work. And um, so I'm, I'm right there with you, Rabbi Tom, that we need, we need to be about that right now. Reverend Eric, could you also perhaps address, uh, in, in addition to going through a, an election that's going to run for a few days, we have people who are truly struggling with a pandemic. We are having an economic crisis with uh, employment and people who um, are suffering food insecurity, housing insecurity, uh, health services insecurity, and how do we help them get through these days and this time and uh, and not just become uh, just overwhelmed by the situation? You know, it, it, Pandora, that is, that's, in some ways, that is the more important question. And um, again, you know, what, what all three of us have been pointing to is that, you know, th this election matters in a lot of ways. Um, but it, it may or may not um, uh, be bring us to the brink of major change that will improve things for folks that are um, that are feeling that the kind of pain that you're identifying. My point of view is that uh, that reminds us of um, of focusing on local ministries and being present to the many ways that our community organizes support for folks who struggle in those various ways. You know, if there's one example of um, how governing has become impossible, it's that um, uh, the, the most recent round of potential support for um, uh, related to the coronavirus didn't happen. Uh, and, you know, there are countless other examples that that's just the one that stands out for me that should have happened from a faith perspective that needed to happen. And the fact that it didn't is, um, is, is very concerning to me about this nature of our politics. But uh, to stay with your question, you know, um, the Franklin Food Pantry is doing incredibly important work for food insecurity right now. All of you know that probably far better than I do. And our religious communities are well on board there. Um, and if um, uh, I, I would say for folks that are listening to the program today and for all of our religious leaders, let's find the organizations that are addressing the issues of concern and get right behind them. Uh, that's what, um, you know, that's, that's the local response that's going to make a difference uh, while we're waiting for our national government to be able to do something that matters. It, it, you know, I think you bring up several great points, Reverend Eric, and I'd like to ask Steve Sherlock. Um, some of the, Steve knows more about this town, I think, than anybody. Uh, Steve, you, yeah, Steve, you would know those organizations, uh, how people might be able to help them. Uh, what do you find them doing in the current climate? And obviously, it, it this election is going to upset a certain group of people. How do you see the town trying to help out, kind of smoothing things over? Yeah, I think it can be overwhelming, as uh, Pandora alluded to. Um, I think coming back to the individual approach, um, what can I do? What can we together do um, is going to be key. And yes, the community, and again, the election, whatever the results turn out to be, finally, the 
key piece is the real work happens after the results are determined, which I think has been mentioned before. So yeah, what can I do? What can we do? Um, and there are a number of organizations, certainly the food pantry of which is just announcing their capital campaign to, to build out their new facility. I'm fortunate to be helping them. So that announcement is coming out. But there's a number of other organizations within Franklin that are poised in various arenas to service our communities. So the Santa Foundation, the Random Smile, those are just a couple off the cuff. There's a bunch of those that are out there. There is need. So look in your area of comfort where you can help and then reach out because that key piece is going to be the piece that you can do. You don't get overwhelmed by everything else. Do a little thing. Find mm -hmm. out somebody, find out something, and then start doing it. And in the doing, goodness happens. Absolutely. Well, well said, Stephen. For those of you that want to keep up to date on a lot of this, Steve uh, sends out a newsletter uh, every day into your inbox, uh, which is just tremendous. That, that's my go-to thing now. Uh, and it's you can go to Franklin Matters and uh, sign up for that. Uh, Reverend Kathy, uh, as we go to move on to another topic before we do, you um, wanted to give us some of your words of wisdom. Yes, I was asked to uh, reflect on waiting. And um, there are different kinds of waiting. There's the waiting where we simply endure something. And then there's the waiting with hopeful anticipation. And the first thing I went to was our season of Advent, where we're uh, waiting for salvation, waiting for God to come among us, um, waiting for it's, uh, it's a sense of pregnancy. So, uh, waiting for something wonderful to be born into our midst. And, um, along with that faith and that hope can also be doubts, um, doubt that what we're waiting for might not happen or it might not be what we want it to be. But um, I, I thought I would offer the words of a, a famous Advent hymn. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So God is among us and with us, and um, we'll, we'll never leave. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you, Reverend Kathy. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, hearing uh, that prayer because you kind of are leading us into the third uh, prompt for our discussion this morning. You mentioned a little bit about the uncertainty in life. And I think people are feeling uncertain. Some people feel powerless. Some people feel overwhelmed. And we look at each one of us in the Franklin community. And as we go through this very long uh, election process and then into the post-election process, how can we be a good neighbor? How can we support uh, 
the people that we interact with in a formal and informal way, just that we happen to meet them in the store, uh, or we see them at a place of worship, or we see them when we're walking around the town common trying to just relax and um, clear our heads. How, um, how can we use the lens of faith as good neighbors and support our neighbors? And Rabbi Tom, would you like to lead this discussion? So when we talk about what faith teaches us, I think what faith teaches us is we're playing a long game. It is God can make things happen in an instant, but that's not what we are about. Our job to serve God is to be to work through the complexities of the world. And so, you know, for everyone who we meet, we need to convey to them the sense that it's okay, we're going to get through this, and we're going to get through this by helping each other. So convey the sense that don't, don't get yourself in a lather. Not because there aren't good reasons to get in a lather, but there are always good reasons to get in a lather. And this is no more or less a good reason than all the other ones. It is a matter of um, trying to, to have a sense of calm and a belief that, um, and this is something faith gives you, that there's something bigger than our everyday struggles and that we need to have a sense that that, that that bigger thing includes hope. There's always hope. So, you know, when we're seeing our friends and neighbors and they're all worried, just be the non-anxious presence. That's how we best imitate God. And um, if we can do the and you know if we can do that i think we move pretty far along the we need to be going thank you reverend eric would you like to continue oh, mercy you know i sort of get my uh, my marching orders during these radio programs and uh, <laughs> thank you rabbi tom and indeed uh may we all find the strength to be non-anxious and present in um challenging times I, I, it's a great reminder. Um, so I want to lift up uh, one very specific thing that I hope uh, people all around town will do, and that's to to gather together virtually uh, for our interfaith Thanksgiving service. Um, and um, this is an annual tradition uh, that uh, typically typically rotates from um, house of worship to house of worship, and uh, it's always on the um, the Sunday before Thanksgiving this year, that's the 22nd of November, um, and it's at seven o'clock, uh, and it's um, happening on Zoom. And the uh, the the link uh, is posted on the Franklin Interfaith Council uh, website, which I think is fic.org. Um, and if you Google Franklin Interfaith Council, that'll uh, take you where you need to go. Um, 
And um, that's a really terrific way to show up for each other, you know, beyond individualism uh, and to um, and to share in embracing a um, and a transcendent truth, which is that um, uh, we have so much to return thanks for and to express gratitude for uh, in all of our lives, even during very challenging COVID times. Let's find our gratitude again, and even better, let's find it together uh, in in uh, interfaith relationship and worship. That's a that's a gift that we can give to each other uh, this year that um, I don't want to miss the chance to point out. And uh, if you do, um, you'll also have an opportunity to support another um, way that um, our community supports people who are facing challenging times. We take a special offering to support the Fuel Assistance Fund uh, for um, folks who live in Franklin. And um, that's a free will offering. It's uh, something that people can make a choice to support during the service. And uh, we hope that um, that many will and that uh, many will uh, receive support this winter uh, in, in their need. Um, beyond that, I've, I've got sort of um, three more uh, kind of um, um, concrete uh, suggestions and requests for people to be um, good neighbors during this um, uh, post-election time, but really always. Um, the first is to listen more and speak less. The second is to tone, do tone down the sarcasm and raise up the candor. And the third is to resist the temptation to minimize the worth and dignity of your neighbor. I think we can all do all three of those things better. Um, and I think that if we do, um, then we're living into the spiritual requirement to um, to love our neighbor. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Um, Rabbi Tom, did you want to bring something into this conversation here? Yes. The, the website is franklininterfaith.org. I've done my... Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, Rabbi Todd. So go, everybody go to that website, franklininterfaith.org. Find out about the Thanksgiving service and all kinds of other great stuff that we do beyond difference, beyond faith difference in our wonderful town. But Reverend Eric, it was, it was funny to watch you speak. And it, as, as Pandora said, we're all on a Zoom call. So we're, we're at our houses. All of a sudden, uh, Reverend Eric brings up the website, and I see Rabbi Tom and myself go right to the computer trying to figure out what it is, and then holding up notes to each other so we don't interrupt. So, uh, Rabbi Tom, tremendous job. That's the highlight of the show so far. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Except the ballpoint doesn't show up. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> but it, 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 hey, we we got a lot closer than we were a couple of minutes ago. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And and it shows how people can work together for the common good. So that that's great. That's great. Uh, it, it, is there anyone? Uh, what, did we start? Now I'm really confused. Pandora, take over. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Reverend Kathy, would you like <laughs> to uh, contribute to this? Of the discussion on being a good neighbor. Yeah, I really appreciated uh, Reverend Eric bringing up our interfaith service because that is a way that our community can come together. Um, and and Rabbi Tom's reminder about humility, that quote from Isaiah, um, 
it's so hard to um, to remember not to gloat when our candidate wins. We can feel relief, um, but I think we need to be checking in with our neighbors to see how they're doing at this anxious time and um, to connect as human beings, even if we're on opposite sides of this political divide to stop vilifying each other um, and try to find our commonality and, and find those ways that we can work together, whether it's through organizations like we've mentioned or through the interfaith service or the interfaith council or um, whatever, but uh, we've, we've got to come together. We've got to come together and it's not going to work if we, um, you know, keep calling each other evil and, um, yeah, we're all children of God. So we need to remember that. That's a good point to kind of bring together what everyone has been sharing, that we are a community, that we can reach out, that we need to be aware. And if we're on the side whose candidate or issue is the successful one uh, in terms of a particular vote, that we are aware and conscious of other people who might be struggling because of that particular decision. And how, how do we act as a child of God, as, as you said, and how do we act in this community to bring it together? And how do we be a, a good neighbor? And uh, all three of you address that and, and brought it to mind in different ways. And to kind of bring this segment of the discussion to a close, Reverend Eric is going to offer a reflection or a prayer on neighborliness. Thanks, Pandora. And um, so I, I want to first of all point to um, uh, a, a surah in the Quran from the, the second surah that is um, related to neighborliness. And um, it reads this way. Um, it is not righteous that you turn your faces to the east and, and west, but righteous is the one who believeth in God and the last day and the angels and the scripture and the prophets and giveth wealth for love of him to kinsfolk and to orphans and the needy and the wayfarer and to those who ask and who set slaves free. I want to note that um, the Dalai Lama has said that his religion is simply compassion. I want to lift up that the Torah declares that we must love our neighbors, that Jesus proclaimed that same admonition. It's part of the great commandment. And note that every virtuous secular philosopher from Plato to Kant points us in exactly the same way. And it's there that we must rest our faith now. I invite you to join me in prayer in relation to the ways that we learn to love our neighbors. May all that is holy guide us in our every interaction ever sowing seeds of peace in relationship 
embracing shared interests based in love, ever abolishing fear of the other. So may it be and amen. Amen. Tremendous, uh, Reverend Eric, greatly appreciate it. Uh, as we go to wind things down, I, I wanted to get a little input and, and just quickly, um, I think I wanted to address another point that's come up in the last week in town. Uh, we had a, a changing to our, our way we're educating the high school kids. Um, they have uh, stayed fully remote. There was a, uh, a gathering over the weekend. Uh, I would love to hear from Steve. I'd love to hear from all four of you. Uh, your thoughts on what the reactions to people, uh, to the school committee that they're, they're letting people down, they're ruining the students' lives. Uh, it, it, I don't want to get into whether or not schools should have been shut down. Those people know much more than I do. What, how can we deal with or address when we hear and see these things that are just so far beyond civility? Uh, it, it, Steve, you see it uh, a lot because of what you do. I, I would just, just from a personal standpoint, I could use help dealing with that. Uh, so Steve, just if you could, any updates on that situation, if you happen to have them? Well, certainly the superintendent and the high school principal made that decision in regards to the factors that they were given. Clearly there was a party, there was underage drinking, the police came, not everybody could be talked to. So the contact tracing piece, which would give us the better guidance around it, doesn't happen. So then it's right. a question of risk management. And if we assume health is first, they made the right decision. The school committee obviously is an oversight body. The true decision is in the superintendent's hands. And she did not do it in, in alone. Clearly she was communicating with the Board of Health, yeah. DESE and other organizations. There are implications, but there are implications as we've talked clearly and everybody's in our own conversations. We got to start with health because business cannot recover unless we're healthy to do business and healthy to go to business. And life is tough. Nobody said life is gonna be easy. But I think even this gathering here in this technology realm, you were figuring out ways with the hand signs. I mean, people can figure things out. We will get through this. <laughs> You're right, Steve, if I can figure something out, I think anybody uh, can figure it out. I, I would encourage, <laughs> thanks Pete, I would encourage Pandora or a, any three of our clergy, uh, your input on that, uh, on, on kind of what's going on locally. Just want to chime in briefly and say that, uh, you know, this is, this is not a, a different subject than what we've been talking about all right. morning. And um, I, I really want to ask people to uh, to figure out how to love their neighbor best during the time of COVID. And we know that um, 
you know, um, things are really hard right now and that the opportunity to, to get together with people is very, very enticing. Take a, take, I want to ask people to take another thought before making that decision. Um, and what does um, uh, loving your neighbor ask of you uh, right now? And I, I just want to also say that I feel so terrible for, um, for the high school students who's, where the, who have to face the consequences of this right now. I, I, I want them to be able to be safely in the hybrid model, and, um, and I feel terrible that they can't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rabbi Taunt. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the school administrators who really are trying their hardest. I'm thinking of the parents and the children, of the, especially the athletes, whose you know seniors who are going to be missing out on some important sports things they had been counting on, and how heartbroken they must be, and how upset they are. And you know, I don't know whatever the right answers are. I, I, should we have stopped this? Should we have not done that? People will differ, and, there, and those differences will have consequences. But I remind everyone, if civility were easy, we'd all do it. <laughs> and it is work. It's real work to actually, um, you know, um, love your neighbor as yourself, to take that person who you disagree with and think they've just ruined things and find a way to speak of them and speak to them as though they are your neighbor, they are you, they are part of you. Um, mm-hmm. That's extremely hard work. And I'm sympathetic for everyone who falls short of it. I fall short of it every single day, frequently. But there's a reason that those guidances are out there. And I agree with, with Reverend. Right. It is all what we've been talking about. It's all of the piece. Yes. Uh, it, it, Reverend Kathy, do you have anything to add? Yeah, um, I was reminded early in the pandemic that um, in some Asian cultures, people wear masks as a sign of respect for others. Um, It's not about personal freedom or liberty or any of that. Um, I wear my mask to protect the hospice patients that I visit and the elderly and compromised people in my congregation, um, friends who are immune compromised, my family, my mother who's 81. I wear my mask for those people um, as well as for myself. But, uh, and I I also feel for the officials who are trying to make these decisions because I know how hard it's been to make them for our congregation. Mm -hmm. We worship outdoors all summer. Um, we, a a few weeks ago, we made the decision that we would, uh, move indoors November 1st. That's when Franklin was still green. Then it went yellow. Um, you know, I'm watching those numbers very carefully and trying to make responsible decisions and urging people who are compromised to stay home and join us on zoom. So, um, yeah, it's really tough to find that balance where we can be a community and we can also keep each other safe. And yes, that's neighborliness. I I think, uh, Reverend Kathy, uh, you used, when you started off, the perfect term, respect. It's a respect for other people. Uh, it's not for yourself. You're, you're, uh, you're protecting others. 
whether it's family members, friends, whatever it may be. I, I think you, you couldn't have said it more eloquently. And I want you all to note on your bingo card, that was my multiple syllable word for the day. Uh, so someone should have bingo by now. Uh, that is just about going to do it for our first ever live show uh, that we've done. We do record this uh, it, once a month. We do a show. You can catch that on WFPR 102.9. Uh, you can get our guide by going to franklin.tv. And you can always read a good uh, little story that Pete Fasciano writes every week. I don't know where he gets his information and his ideas, but it's new and fresh every week. Uh, I want to, Pandora, I'll let you close up, but I just wanted to thank everybody for taking the time to be with us today, especially uh, Steve Sherlock, who, was, who had jumped on and we wanted to get him a part of this uh, conversation. And Pete Fasciano, the two guys running everything, uh, the rest of us are just showing up looking not good. That's why we're on radio. Go ahead, Pandora. Well, we would also say thank you, Jay, because you are the veteran of all of the radio shows, and we are learning from you in this Zoom world, uh, holding up our paper signs and waving in our individual boxes. But and we're all, in it, we're all in trouble then, Pandora. But thank you for the kind words. I, I think that our faith leaders gave us a wonderful lens this morning as we go through the next several days and, and into the next week as to being a good neighbor, as to putting other people first, as to respecting our fellow Franklinite as the decisions are made and the votes are counted and the results are known. And it's conversations like this that inform our thinking and help us to grow as individuals and be a better member in our Franklin community. So I, I, I thank Reverend Eric, Rabbi Tom, and Reverend Kathy for your wisdom and knowledge that you share each month with us. And I think that's That'll it. do it. That'll do it. Thank You're right. You. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll, we'll see you soon. Everybody, bye-bye.